Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we are back, and we are going to change things up. We're going to talk some fishing as we're joined by Josh Sedevy from the Tightline Outdoors people. Good morning, Josh. Morning, Terry. How's it going? It's going well. What a beautiful-looking weekend, isn't it? Oh, the weather's been great. Uh, even though we've been getting a ton of rain, how much of a drought we've been in the last couple of years, really can't complain about this. I can deal with uh, not getting so much hail, but water levels have all of our reservoirs looking really good, which is nice. You know, it's changing the fishing this year. Uh, it, the higher water levels move the fish around. The changing levels change their position. So it isn't that the fish aren't eating, but they can be, you can have to spend a little more time to find them. But the overall effect, the health of our fisheries that this water is going to mean is going to bode well for years and years to come, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, especially like Spinney and, and those lakes up in South Park that were so low going into the winter. Uh, if you look at the amount of water that they lost and, and that food that they had in the vegetation, uh, they came out of winter pretty lean. Um, so looking forward to having a, a good water level year, get those weeds growth up, get all that vegetation, all those, those little invertebrates and that stuff that they feed on back up and, and get those fish healthy. You know, speaking of spinning 11 mile up in those areas, one of the fish that you guys concentrate on a lot are the pike and you know people travel all over canada and alaska and and minnesota and those areas chasing big pike but boy you can catch some giant pike right here in colorado and you might even have a better chance at a big one in some cases here what are you seeing out there with the pike fishing right now uh pike fishing has been absolutely phenomenal uh this spring i think i've got 12 pike in the boat over 40 inches uh so far this spring um it has been been incredible um i can almost or at least the last couple weeks i I think i'm seven trips in a row with a pike over 40 inches um so you can't complain about that it doesn't matter where you go that's that's a big pike and the way our pike are built uh, they don't have the same growing seasons that, that some of these other uh, areas do. Their growing season's fairly short, so they put on a lot more weight than they do length. And, uh, yeah, when you stick one of those big fish, you definitely know it. Now, are the, because we've had the high water and some cooler temperatures, are the pike in a different stage right now? And are, what kind of tactics are you using? Yep, so I would just say within the last week, I really started to see these pike kind of shift around and, and transition into the summer patterns. Uh, a week and a half ago, I pretty much say that all we were mainly going to be doing was trolling planer boards, and our our numbers would be about a dozen and a half to two dozen fish a trip, and we had a shot at sticking a, a big fish during that trip. Uh, this last week, I would say we would probably start out trolling planer boards uh, just to cover some water and kind of see where specifically on the lake the majority of the fish were setting up. And then after that, then we were going back through and casting uh, swim baits and, and some of those bigger, um, bigger, slower presentations just to try to keep that bait in front of them when that wind calmed down. And our numbers 
would drop off because we're targeting more of those big fish. Uh, some days we're finding them off the deep structure, uh, like those deeper edges of the weed beds. And then some days we're finding them in six feet of water over mudflats with no vegetation anywhere around them. They're just cruising those mudflats. Uh, I would say it's mainly a, a wind-driven deal. Uh, if that wind is, is blowing into those mudflats, that seems to, to kind of pick that bite up is where if it's blowing away from those mudflats and we're seeing them uh, kind of hold up in that deeper structure and, and being able to target them in that, that 16 to, to 18, 20 feet of water uh, is where we've been finding them when they're deep. Now, has that been true both spinny and 11 mile and, of course, terriel, or has there been some differences? Yeah, I would say it's pretty even across the board. They all came into spring fairly low. Uh, as you guys know, 11 mile, they dropped that water level so that they could redo the barrier, uh, which CPW did a great job. That wind barrier for the boat ramp is awesome. Um, makes that really nice when that wind comes up. And then spinny was just low going into winter. Uh, so what I saw was, um, or what I'm seeing is, there's a band of weeds that grew when the water level was low, and they were in that, that couple feet of water to start with. And now that the water level is raised, uh, we don't have any weeds inside of really that 8 to 10-foot mark. Um, everything is, is deeper, and that's just where that weed growth got started uh, when the, when the ice came off. So that 10 to maybe 16, 18 feet, there's a pretty good band of weeds going all the way around the lake. Anything inside of that, that weed growth is, is starting to come up, but um, still really fishable. It's probably not even six to six inches to a foot off the bottom yet. Well, even on those deeper weeds, a lot of those pike, you probably fish right over the top of them and the top of, over the top of the weeds, don't you? Yes, we do. Um, so normally this time of year, we're, we're having to push and actually fish kind of the edges of that weed wall. Uh, but we still have probably seven and a half to, to nine, ten feet above the weeds. Uh, they keep letting some water in, which is nice. So it, it just keeps elevating that water level above the weeds so that we've got plenty of fishable habitat um, and not getting weeded out. We can still pull planer boards really effectively. Uh, like I said, if we kind of find that location where we're finding a lot of those fish or seeing those bigger fish, we can really slow down, come back, and, and work those areas very deliberately with some other baits. Um, but, yeah, still still very fishable um, and not getting weeded out, which is nice. How long do you expect the bite to hold up, or will it just change and you'll have to change tactics? Uh, it'll change, and, and we'll just have to have to adjust with it. Uh, these fish got to eat year-round, and we got to kind of keep that in mind. In the summertime, it gets difficult just because there's more food available for these fish. Uh, they've got the weeds and that kind of stuff to hide in, um, so they kind of have all the advantages in the in the summertime, just like all the rest of our fish throughout Colorado do. Uh, and then fall time, we really kind of see uh, that weed growth start to die off. Those fish really kind of kick up their feeding metabolism and that stuff getting ready for fall and then that's when that bite really picks up again uh, but the way that we're seeing this this pike bite going on uh, it's going to continue it's just going to shift I think we're going to be doing a, a lot less pulling planer boards uh, unless it's windy and just have to, to kind of really slow down and, and target um, little pockets where we know that those fish are holding so our overall catch numbers will go down but the size of fish um, that we're targeting is is going to stay consistent. 
Well, and when you talk about size of fish, I talked in the opening about going to Canada or Minnesota or Alaska. Um, I've had, I remember the last time I was on spinning, and it's been several years, I only caught three fish, but they were all over three feet long. And when you get a 40-inch fish in Colorado, you're talking 20-plus pounds, right? Oh, yeah. They're they're very different than a small hammer-handled pike. <laughs> um, and it, like I say, anywhere that you go in, in the States, the, the weight that we have on these fish, um, they're, they're a trophy fish no matter where you go. Let's switch things up a little bit, Josh. What's going on with the walleye bite? I know you guys were on Cherry Creek and Chatfield. We talked about it a little bit in the first hour, but what are you guys seeing on those lakes? Uh, the same kind of deal. Um, the fish are, are starting to hit their summer patterns, and with the high water, um, they've got food sources all over the lake. So we're able to do a lot of stuff for them. We can still pitch slip bobbers in the trees. Um, yesterday, we're... We're out at uh, Chatfield and uh, had the majority of our fish stacked up within a rod's length of, of the edge of the trees, and we were pulling live bait rigs and crawler harnesses and uh, crankbaits and that kind of stuff. Um, and there's still fish sitting a little bit deeper on those deeper weed edges. It's um, kind of a fun time of year. Uh, you're probably not going to catch the numbers that we saw last year just because they're, they're more um, – kind of spread out throughout the lake but it really affords you the opportunity to get out and say i want to try this technique and be able to find a spot in that lake where those fish are holding and gonna gonna bite for that pattern pretty well so uh, it's kind of a fun time of year what are your favorite techniques for going after the walleyes right now um depends if i've got kids in the boat uh slip bobbers are always fun uh it doesn't matter how old you get. you got to love seeing that bobber go down. So any time that we can set up on, on a fish, if, say we're coming along a tree line and we've got a little gap in those trees that's it's a little bit larger than, than the rest of them, uh, say we got like a 20-foot gap or something like that, and that just allows those fish, that ambush spot, that are, there's always a little bit of current moving around that stuff. We can pitch slip bobbers in there, uh, cast jigs and, and pitch jigs around there. Uh, super easy for young anglers to do. It's something visual they can they can see and understand what's going on really well. Um, and like I said, if you go through with your electronics and, and find that pocket of fish, you know they're going to be there. Um, if they stop biting, you just pick everything up and move down the trees another 20, 30 yards and do it again. So. I, I, I think a lot of people, I think sometimes we get a little full of ourselves as we get older and well, I'm not a, you know, I, I don't need a bobber. Uh, if a lot of people would use bobbers, both slip on and clip on bobbers, they would uh, catch just a lot more fish because it keeps that bait in the strike zone for so much longer. And slip bobbers, I think some people get a little intimidated, but it's just a bobber your line passes through, folks, and you use a string or a rubber stop to keep it from going any deeper than you would want it to, and you can adjust the depth. And now you can reel it up, and they're so much easier to cast, but you can reel it up, cast it as a compact presentation, but still fish in six, eight, ten feet of water without any problem because of the bobber stop. And a lot of times, you mentioned the wind and current. A lot of times, once you get it in position, that's all the action you need on it, isn't it? That is. And it just sits there. Uh, one thing I tell my clients on every one of our trips, 
in Colorado, our fish are well-fed. They're healthy. They're lazy fish. The longer that we can keep a bait in front of their nose, the more likely they're going to eat it. Just like if we sit down at, uh, on the couch after Thanksgiving dinner, we couldn't eat another bite. Somebody puts a pie on our lap and walks away. It may take us five minutes. It may take us 10 minutes, but eventually we're going to take a bite out of that pie. So the longer we can keep these baits in front of these fish, the more likely we're going to get bit. Uh, what's your favorite bait below the slip bobbers, uh, minnows, nightcrawlers, leeches, artificials, and does it change during the year? Uh, I would say the majority of the year, um, mainly for us, just by because of cost, uh, I would say nightcrawlers, will, we do better on those than, than anything. You can get a dozen nightcrawlers at almost any gas station. Uh, you can get them at at Bass Pro, Cabela's, Discount Tackle, any of those great tackle shops that we have around uh, Denver. They're always in stock. You don't have to worry about planning on using something that you can't get going out to the lake like leeches can be sometimes this year. And they're easier to keep. Um, so I would say a chunk of Nightcrawler is probably the, the thing that we catch more fish on. Um, and then as small of a jig head as, as you can get away with. Uh, one thirty second ounce, even some of the really small crappie stuff like one sixty fourth or one hundred ounce, uh, just something to to get that bait to the bottom and kind of hold it there. That that worm's not going to be trying to swim away, uh, so you can get away with really light uh, tackle that way. And the great thing about that is um, these fish see a lot of pressure throughout the year. So the lighter you can keep that bait and the less they feel that something's unnatural when they pick it up, the more likely you are to get that fish hooked. You know, it's also a good tactic to use from shore because a lot of times you can't drag a presentation through the brush, but you can cast into a pocket and then you can get a fish out of there a lot of times. So it makes, and with the fish this close, I'll bet there's been some shore activity available. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, this year, especially Chatfield, for instance, it would be a, a fairly good cast to be able to hit the backside of the trees from where the water level's been most of this year. Uh, so you're looking at casting into 12 to 14 feet of water from the bank. A slip bobber's a great presentation. Uh, if you're working the backside of those trees to, to make a pitch, with that bobber to where you think that those fish are likely going to hold and then use something else. Use a crankbait, uh, use a, like a size five or seven flicker shad or uh, a bass style crankbait and throw it around those trees and pull it through there and see if you can get those more aggressive fish while that, that slip bobber is just sitting there working for you as well. Um, from the shores right now, it's about the only way that you can effectively run two rods just because uh, there's all that sagebrush and that other vegetation that's in that water uh, in between you and, and the trees where you're going to want to be be working your baits. It'd be really hard to use a bottom presentation like a, a slip sinker rig or something like that. So that slip bobber just allows you another presentation, uh, gives you another couple fish uh, in the net or on shore by the end of the day, and just pretty simple to do. And I'll bet you're picking up other species too, like bass and trout and panfish. Oh, yeah, bass, uh, tons of trout in there right now, uh, a lot of pretty decent-sized perch. Uh, we're catching catfish. Um, this time of year, you never know what you're going to pull up. All right, Josh, we are out of time, but great information. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Terry. It was great talking to you. You bet, Josh Sedevi from, from Tight Lion Outdoors. 
Nate snuck away. He didn't want to tell anybody, but he snuck away. We're not.